Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to By the Word of Their Testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining us on the program again today. I'm delighted to have your company and I'm also delighted to have a very special guest in the studio here at Morissette. We have all the way from the USA General Vice President of 3ABN, and that is Greg Morricone. Greg, welcome to Australia and welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's a blessing to be here. And, and Jill and I are so excited to actually have made the trip across the pond, if you want to say that, across, across the it's ocean. It's a big pond, yes. Yes, it is. And it's a long flight, but to actually be here and in your studios, it's just a, a dream come true. And it's so encouraging to see what God is doing and has done here for 3ABN Australia. God has definitely led here. Now, we, we think of the, the days when uh, John and also Rosemary started up 3ABN, you know, just driving around and dedicating their own funds mm-hmm. to the point where they exhausted all their own own uh, financial resources to get this up and running and how God is now blessed where this program is running and going around the world in most countries around the world now through 3ABN International. That's right. And, of course, we stream live. So anywhere in the world where they have Internet access, they can listen to 3ABN Australia Radio. Yeah, it's really incredible. And I remember uh, you're talking about John and Rosemary Malkovich. I worked in the 3ABN print shop years ago, and we were sending out all the mailings, and, and at that time it was called the 3ABN World Magazine, which it is now still, yes. too. It's the little guide that gives updates on how 3ABN is doing. And I remember uh, as we were sending out the mailing, looking through it and seeing a picture of John and Rosemary with a little green, well, it wasn't little, a little green, I think they call it Kermit. Kermit, that's yeah, right. The, color the of Land Cruiser, yeah. Toyota Land Cruiser, that that's they were right. taking across all of the uh, wonderful country of Australia with satellite dishes, installing them. I remember reading that saying, wow, that's really neat. Not realizing what God was eventually going to do Mm. by raising up 3ABN Australia. An incredible story. The two of them have worked tirelessly through the years. Absolutely. And God has blessed. I mean, when they built this uh, building, which is now five five plus years ago, it was done debt free because (laughs) people out there who are listening to us uh, and, and watching, uh, believed in this work and presenting the three angels' messages, or should we say the undiluted three angels' messages, mm-hmm. counteracting the counterfeit, Amen. making sure that the truth is presented. So Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So basically uplifting Jesus Christ and his mm-hmm. teachings so that the world can prepare for Jesus Christ's soon return. You know what I think is encouraging? Because while we've been here at 3ABN Australia, we've been able to meet many wonderful people you know, in the church and things, mm. and they are so encouraged and strengthened because of the ministry of 3ABN Australia and 3ABN, of course. And I believe in heaven is when we'll see the full impact. Because, Etienne, I mean, you know, you put in long hours here, too. I think all of us that are part of ministry, there's a lot of hours put into spreading the gospel around the world. And we don't do it for our own accolade or anything like That's that. True. We do it for the uh, for souls, mm. for the kingdom. So I'm looking forward to heaven when we'll see the full impact. 
Amen. Because we don't always know, like you're saying, we don't know who's listening. That's Occasionally true. we hear some feedback from listeners. And dear listener, we love hearing from you. You're welcome to contact us via <laughs> email or even a phone call. It's always good to hear with you. And if you need prayer, we, you're always welcome to ring it. And we, we love praying with people and we like encouraging people. And we're also encouraged by people getting in touch with us. And we know that people are listening from around the world. I know, for example, just recently I got a message, text message from someone li- listening out of Africa. Mm. And that was a real encouragement to me yes. to know that the, you know, the airwaves are being picked up. You know, the signal's been picked up all the way there in Africa. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, your, your, your title is General Vice President. Uh, what does the General Vice President of 3ABN do? <laughs> so, <laughs> I know this is radio, so they can't see me smiling here. Yeah. I'm not quite sure myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a very busy man because I, I was, I was, um, I was privileged to travel over there yes. and go to one of the camp meetings in the USA. And at that time, I was hoping to have an opportunity to interview you. I got a chance to interview Jill, mm-hmm. but you were just too busy. Mm-hmm. So I had to patiently wait for over an hour, over a year for you to come. You said, I'm really grateful. So I know that you're busy. So I know that you do a lot. Mm. Perhaps you can just describe typically what you do sure. in, a, in a regular day. and. Well, give us a bit of an idea of what a general vice president uh, is involved <laughs> well, with. Yeah, general vice president really is uh, part of the administrative part of what 3ABN is all about. So there's a behind the scenes with meetings and such with the administrative team. Mm. But I also wear another hat called 3ABN production manager. And that's where I oversee the uh, wonderful crew that we have at uh, 3ABN in the, in the production department. I have a great assistant, Jorge Hake, who is just my right-hand man. And then, of course, a lot of wonderful team under us that uh, run the cameras and the studios and do all the post-production. So I wear two hats, general vice president, which I'm involved in, like, executive meetings. Yes. But then we also have the production department. So, yeah, my day is busy. It's involving a lot of meetings, which would be day-to-day stuff Mm. with the uh, general vice president. I work with my wife, who is the general manager of 3ABN. Of course, there's others on the executive committee that we meet on a regular basis, just basically keeping 3ABN going. Okay, uh, so it's, it's a multifaceted role then. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, having to juggle all those things there, you obviously have to be fairly well organized, I'd imagine. Well, I like to think that I am, but at times <laughs> I look at my desk and I say, I don't know that I am. Right, okay. But gr- a great team, though. Mm. It's definitely a team effort, as you well know. Sure. So it's it's the post-production, it's the pre-production, mm-hmm. making sure there's enough camera people there. Mm-hmm. And when well, I was over in the U.S. and I saw your operations there, you do many programs in a day. There's some we days do. there that you have them one after the other, and they mm-hmm. could be happening at different studios it could be something happening at the worship center which is uh, about less than a mile away that's correct Mm -hmm. you know so that's that's you have to be fairly on top of your game we like to keep at least two studios going two crews going in a in a day Mm. so yeah it can be busy but it's fun and we're also planning on events that uh, maybe our listeners are familiar with such as gyc or asi yes and and such so it's it's a blessing Mm. so how many television stations does 3abn operate from there because you have oh okay. you know, the networks i'm talking the about the networks, networks yes we have yeah. eight eight mm-hmm. wow yeah we do and you're responsible for all of those well a lot of the content is is decided by the general manager of the right. network we actually facilitate in in like okay so they want to do a particular program we say we look at the calendar and say we can't do it this month but let's do it next month and then we'll get the crew together get the sets built and work with the general managers Okay, so you're involved in that. That's right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for unpacking that because uh, some people may have been curious when they see Mm. your title come up across the screen if they're watching television. Sure. Or if they're now listening to radio, I guess. Mm. I think it's just fun being a part of 3ABN. That's what's just great. We get in every day what we call good letters. Hmm. 3ABN United States, I'm sure you get the same here. Yes. And basically the good letters are people that have been encouraged or blessed by the ministry of 3ABN. So sometimes you can get into the rut of the daily life of hurry, hurry, hurry. Let's set up a set. 
let's do this program and then turn it around and do the next one. Hmm. And it's good because we always have a worship like you all do here every day to start our day, which I think is just great. And many times the crew will just uh, sit, stand there in the circle and we'll talk about looking at the big picture. Okay. And the, what the big picture is, is uh, souls for the kingdom of God. Mm, amen. And what the beautiful thing is, is even when we sleep at night, which I hope people sleep at night, right? <laughs> <laughs> that the signal is going around the world 24-7. So even while we're asleep, we just pray, God, may it bless someone even while we sleep. Mm, it's incredible. Absolutely. And, and look, like you're saying, this, the sun is always shining somewhere, and someone it's daytime, and hopefully they're listening to radio, even if they're driving in their vehicle, because you can stream everything now through your phones. You're right. And uh, I know some people have insomnia, and mm-hmm. they just turn the radio on, they listen to 3ABN Australia Radio, or 3ABN uh, Radio out of the U.S., mm. And that apparently is a real comfort mm. to them. So uh, we're grateful that we can help people whether they're awake mm. or even if they're trying to sleep. Amen. And Etienne, we want to say too from the 3 ABN administrative staff, thank you for your leadership for 3 ABN Australia Radio. Make sure I get that out right. <laughs> 3 ABN Australia Radio, we appreciate what you do and for your leadership and for the wonderful programs that uh, you are turning out. We know oh, that's blessing God. many people. Oh, thank you very much. Well, if it wasn't for 3ABN USA, of course, none of this would exist. So <laughs> one thing has led to another, and God is blessed, Amen. and that, that light's going around the world. Yes. You know? So we praise God for that. Now, it's interesting to hear what you're doing. Can we step back right now to the very beginning and just your upbringing, if you can tell us a little bit about mm. that, family influences? Sure. Yeah, I was born in the wonderful state. It's a southern state, Kentucky. Kentucky. I was born in Kentucky. My parents are from the West Coast, California, but they moved to what we call Appalachia because they felt a calling to reach out to the Appalachia people of Kentucky, West Virginia, um, Ohio, a little bit of Ohio there. Okay. And so they moved from California to the from the big cities hmm. to more of a very country setting. My father uh, is a registered nurse, okay. and uh, he felt called to go out into the hills and the hollers, is how they say it, which is backcountry uh, to help people in need with their health needs. So that's how I grew up. I have a younger sister. Her name is Janelle. And uh, my mom and dad uh, raised us as Seventh-day Adventist Christians Mm. and uh, a great home growing up. And uh, my dad was very much into helping others. So when he would take his little Toyota Jeep back into these hills where you'd have to put it in four-wheel drive low, go down through the little creeks and up hills and mountains and uh, beating back the bush, uh, he would take us with him many times. And we would stand by the bed of a dying person and sing such as little songs as, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And uh, we would stand there sometimes. Sometimes he would even pull us out in the evening. We'd already have our little pajamas on, getting ready for bed. And he Mm. said, let's go out. This person lives close by. And we would go and sing to them as they were passing away or as they were very sick. And, of course, then he would minister to their um, physical needs as well. As a nurse, yes. As a nurse. But uh, I really, looking back, didn't realize at the time, but looking back now how privileged I was to have a dad and mom who were very much into um, serving others and to pointing them to Jesus Christ. So it was a great growing up years. I liked growing up in the country. I had uh, dogs and cats and uh, just a great, great experience. So it would have been quite a peaceful setting to grow up sort of in the country. And then also to go on these little adventure trips, but they mm-hmm. were spiritual adventure trips. Very much that's, so. that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. So growing up in that environment, that's obviously a, a, an idyllic environment from a Christian perspective. Were there any negative influences in your life, or was it generally very positive? Yeah, very positive. I think sometimes uh, some of the people that uh, my dad would minister to, you know, maybe were a bit rough sure. around the edges, but uh, that was okay. Mm. Yeah, I think that actually gave my father and mother an opportunity to um, to sh- uh, talk to my sister and myself about uh, evil 
and things that happen bad in this world, right. but then point us to the spiritual side that this world is not my home. We're just passing it's through, true. yes, and that we need to do everything we can to uh, share Jesus with others. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And as far as schooling was concerned, mm-hmm. were you homeschooled? Yes, or you... homeschooled. Okay. Um, I skipped a few grades. Um, and, oh, that's uh, nice. Yes, I <laughs> and then uh, went off to college. And uh, that's where I uh, met my wonderful wife, Jill, my current wife now, Jill, my yes. only wife. I shouldn't okay. say current wife. That's not bad. <laughs> my wife, Jill. And yeah. uh, we were married uh, over 16 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. So, okay, you homeschooled, and from there you said you went to college. Now, mm-hmm. college, is that what we would call high school here, or is that mm-hmm. um, university? That's university. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you did all your schooling, your primary, mm-hmm. what they call intermediate, and then high school? That's correct. Homeschool, homeschool. and then from there? Mm-hmm. University. Okay. And was that a bit of a shock to the system going to university? Was it a secular university or a Christian no, university? No, it was a Christian, a okay. Christian, private Christian uh, university close to Washington, D.C. Okay. And uh, it was a little bit of a shock because as being homeschooled, you have a little bit of freedom, mm. you know, to kind of set your schedule. But I think it was also good for me to come under the university schedule and uh, where classes are very specific and uh, a little bit more um, structured. Yeah, structured, a little bit more of a schedule. Yeah. It was good. That was great. Great adjust. It was, yeah, the adjustment time wasn't bad. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they raised their kids as well with homeschooling uh, up to a certain age. And then when they moved from New Zealand to Australia, their boys went to high school. Mm-hmm. And they were used to able to knock out their school work on mm-hmm. a day, you know, one and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. But they'll do a lot of things. They'll work with their father in the shed or they'll go to the museum and do bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. So their education was incorporated in their lifestyle. They loved reading books. And the reason I'm telling this story is because his first day at school was a six-hour day. <laughs> and we were all keen to hear how he found his first day at school, you know, with all the other kids. And when he came back, he goes, that was the longest six hours of my life. (laughs) He couldn't believe how long it took them to get through the material where he could read through it fairly fairly quickly and get his homework done. Yeah, very similar (laughs) to my own experience. Oh, is that right? Yeah, being homeschooled, of course, my parents believed in my sister and I working hard. So when schoolwork was done, we had a lot of other chores, if you want to say that. We had a large garden and a lot of outside work to take care of. So it was good. They very much believed in a good work ethic. Mm. So you got a well-rounded education. It wasn't just books. It was also no, the no. practical stuff. So you knew about gardening and what you had to do, when you had to plant things, when That's you had correct. to – and how to cultivate mm-hmm. things. Fantastic. What, wow. what a great experience. Mm-hmm. So with that upbringing, uh, as far as church life was concerned, were you close to a church? Did you belong to a church, or how did that work for you? Oh uh, Yeah, we uh, went to a church that was about one hour away. Okay. And so it took uh, quite a uh, while to get there. And in West Virginia, where we um, were living, the roads there are very curvy, windy. Okay. And so my sister and I uh, would get carsick, oh, you know, dizzy, I know the dizzy. Yes. Yes. So every day, to, uh, every Sabbath, we'd go to church, and then of course coming back, we'd always be so dizzy. But it was a good experience. It was a very small church, mm. so the, the experience of uh, the small church was very good for us. I, um, you know. They need a lot of help. Yes. So my sister and I uh, held a lot of different roles there, you know, like such as deacon. Uh, they also asked me to be the treasurer of the church. So I was a treasurer wow. at 17 years of age. And so that was all great experiences uh, to be involved in the local church, even though it was a long ways away. Mm. Very good. Now, people like big churches because you have like it's almost like a production, you know. You can even have a choir there singing, you know, every every time when you go and worship God. But the smaller churches have their own merits and their own benefits. And I, and I know at small churches, people are more likely to get involved because there's not a lot of people to do it. And I know uh, 
myself growing up belonging to a small church, I was put in situations where I had to do things that I was petrified of doing, getting mm-hmm. up the front, speaking in front of people, just having to read a text. My mouth would get dry. Mm-hmm. I'd be so anxious. I'd read it again and again and again. And then I'd go up the front and I'd still make a mistake. <laughs> but you know what? Being put out there and getting out of your comfort zone, God actually helps you develop and, yeah. and gives you abilities and skills that you typically wouldn't be able to develop otherwise. So these small country churches are actually a real blessing in that regard to, yeah. to further development. You know, I appreciate the patience of the saints, if you want to say that, of the church, because <laughs> the same thing. I would get up front, you know, I was having a hard time. I, I had, a, even though we were homeschooled and my mother worked very hard with, with me on reading, I struggled until the age of 10 to actually be able to read hmm. well. And so they, I would get up front, like you're saying, and I'm just a young child trying to read the scripture for church or uh, do some type of little reading of a poem for Sabbath school. And you would struggle, but you just appreciate the um, the saints there at the church so encouraging. Oh, good job. You're doing okay. Don't worry about it. You yes. know, so you appreciate that environment. Fantastic. So was there any stage in your life where you thought, I've got to make a decision for the Lord? Or was it just a natural progression because of the mm-hmm. uh, experience, the background, the education, mm-hmm. and, the, and the home influence that was so Christian and so positive? Yeah, for me, it was a natural progression. I was mm-hmm. baptized after a Revelation seminar, I believe at the age of 12, 11 or 12 years of okay, age. so quite young. But I went to university. Uh, would be uh, it was, It's a point in my life that sticks out to me because— Again, it was Seventh-day Adventist, Mm -hmm. but I was looking at the leadership of the school, and they would tell us to me one thing, but yet do something else. Okay. And so I'm seeing that, and I had seen that some in the church, you know, with maybe a pastor or an elder. And so I was, what was I, maybe 20, 21 years of age, probably 20, yeah, about 20 years of age. And I remember ringing my dad up from university, and I said, Dad, you know, I think I'm done with the church, as in the church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm. You know, I've seen so much hypocrisy, hypocrites, and I think I'm done. I'm just done. Mm. And so what my father told me next has stuck with me ever since. And he said, Son, I am your father, and I love you dearly, Mm. but I have failed you. Wow. He said, You're looking at leadership in the uh, school, You've seen some um, double standards, so to speak. Yes. He said, uh, they're letting you down. Mm. He said, don't look to men. Don't look to me as your father. Look to Jesus, who will never, ever let you down. So he said, as you get advice from human beings, that's okay. But look to Jesus. He will never fail you. Mm. Don't get discouraged with the church. As your father, I know how I've let you down. Don't let that basically set your direction in life where you're going to go spiritually look to jesus because he is the author and the finisher of your faith and so Mm. that advice to me because through the years etienne i'm sure for you too you know you can put someone on a pedestal so to speak yes and then they fall from grace which you hate to see that happen or maybe there's a double standard Mm. and you i've seen this happen so many times people become discouraged they become disillusioned they don't know where to go and then they just fall away and i think that's perfect time for Satan to just grab a hold of that person and then send them way off into left field, as we say. That's right. Now, we, we can set people up on a, on a bit of a pedestal, and uh, you know the Bible encourages us not to do that. That's right. We've got to honor people who work mm-hmm. for the Lord, no question about it. Now, good elders in the church, Absolutely. Paul encourages us to do that, but our focus is on Christ. He's the That's one that died for us. Mm-hmm. It is the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. The Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not the revelation of any man that we know. Mm-hmm. And people in their own lives can reflect the character of God. They can reflect his righteousness. 
But the challenge is from time to time, people will fall. And from time to time, people get distracted. Some people are distracted longer than others. Mm-hmm. Some people momentarily. But ultimately, we are got to look to, to, to Christ. And I know even at times, you know, my testimony is one where I've been distracted um, previously as well. And mm-hmm. perhaps if people looked at me, I would have disappointed them. Mm-hmm. But I'd hate looking back at it now. I hate to think that my influence there would have distracted them to the point where they want to walk away from something mm-hmm. as well. So I really appreciate your encouragement to look to Jesus. Because at times when I've shared my testimony, people see me now and they see a person that I wasn't, say, uh, a number of years ago. And when they hear that, I can almost see the disappointment in their eyes because they see me in a different light. And they go, Mm. Lord, I'm sorry I've got to disappoint them, but my testimony is what it is. Mm -hmm. But thank you for your grace, and thank you that we can point Jesus, people to Jesus Christ. Amen. So thank you for bringing that out. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I appreciate the advice from my dad, too, because you're right. We do need to honor those in leadership, and so that's key. Mm. But I think when people maybe let us down, so to speak, to not become so discouraged that it makes you leave the church or, you know, say, I'm going to walk away from God. Mm, Absolutely. Always look to Jesus. Yeah, amen, amen. So you've made the decision. You go to university and you um, you, you see some of these these things that for a moment distract you. But you, you, your dad mentioned to you that he'd failed you. Was it in regards to not having focused your attention permanently on Christ? Is that mm. you think what he meant? Or? No, what he meant was that uh, he is human and so he makes mistakes. Oh. So don't let a mistake. That's thank you for clarifying that. So you know he said I've made mistakes. That's probably a better uh, okay. term. You know I've made mistakes even raising you, son. And so don't mm. let those type of things discourage you and say, oh, okay, this is how mom and dad have raised me. I don't like it. I'm out of here type mm. of thing. Uh, so his, yeah, it was just great advice to even as a human being, as a father that loves you so much, even I've made mistakes. So as as your father, you know, he would want to give you the very best, yes. but still there's mistakes that take place. Un- so understand. Jesus, yes, will never fail you. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that. So you, you go to... Uh, university or college, mm-hmm. um, you do happen to meet your wife to be there. Amen. Uh, when you went to college, what did you go and study? Well, in the day, it's it maybe <laughs> dates me. They called it uh, desktop publishing, which was really the early days of uh, layout and design. Oh. So I, I took that with um, uh, small business management also together. Those two together. Right, so desktop publishing, I guess it's morphed nowadays, and we call it something similar to graphic design, mm-hmm. but you've also got to be familiar with all the, the I guess, the, mm-hmm. the suites of, of products that are available, whether That's it be correct. Excel or whether it be PowerPoint mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know Word or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking here from a Microsoft perspective rather than the <laughs> Apple perspective, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's it's changed from back in the day. It was Adobe PageMaker. Now it's in design, and, of course, right. then there's all the editing suites too, like Final Cut mm-hmm. and Adobe Premiere. Right. So were you planning on running your own business or were you thinking of perhaps working for someone or working somewhere in the church? Or? Well, I, my, my father and mother were uh, very much had my sister and I start little businesses. So ever since I can remember, we were uh, selling, let's say, strawberries beside the road that we had grown in our own garden, wow. watermelon, potatoes. Uh, we did some little uh, mailing businesses as children. So I think business has always had an interest. Uh, since a, a young child. Okay, so there's an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. component to your upbringing. Yes, yeah. Oh yeah, my dad's very much that way. Uh, with the desktop publishing, I was interested in it because I liked media, though they didn't really have much along the lines of television broadcast at the school I attended. So mm. I decided, let me just take this uh, this field and uh, see how it goes. So I like computers. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So you're, you're at the school, you're busy studying, and uh, there's a young lady that attracts your attention? Mm-hmm. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, just before school started, we had a, what they call orientation. Mm. And so uh, my wife-to-be actually and I happened to eat at the eat lunch 
very first meal there together. Oh. And uh, my parents were there, and uh, so they got to talking to Jill, and it's just, just incredible. They realized that they, my mother, had gone to school with Jill's mother and father. So there's a neat connection right away. They're like, "Wow, oh, so your married name or uh, maiden name is Penny. We knew some pennies, and so anyway, that was a really neat connection. So they're all sitting at the table together, and so I'm sitting there a little bit shyly because, you know, they're talking about this, but I'm watching her, looking at her, and, of course, she's beautiful, so I'm attracted mm. to her physically. I'm like, wow, she's a really nice young lady. Yes. But then I was also struck with during the conversation that this lady also loves the Lord. Mm. And an interesting thing that uh, just, you know, impressions, we get crazy impressions sometimes— but it came to my mind, you're going to marry that young lady This is someday. the first encounter over first a meal. First encounter, that's right. Wow. Yeah, so I thought, oh, that, that'll never happen. I mean, yeah. she's a nice young lady. Someone else, I'm sure, yeah, will we'll get her before me. But throughout school, we, uh, we of course, attended. We were in the same uh, class together, so we attended a lot of the um, same classes. And uh, we also joined up a, what they call the small choir, which is a traveling choir. Okay. And so we got to travel around the United States and outside of the United States together. And uh, at the school I attended, it uh, they did not uh, believe in, and I agree with this 100%, mm. to not uh, date while you're in school. I wanted to keep my mind focused on my studies. Yes. So that was good. And the reason why I still think it's a great idea is because you want to see someone in their own environment. Mm. And so I don't want to try and impress her, neither do I want her to try and impress me. So I got to see her in a, in a, a great environment as we traveled because sometimes those situations were stressful. I got to see how she reacted to certain situations, and it was much more of a low-key uh, relationship. So we didn't officially say, hey, let's go out together. Yes. Let's okay. date. We actually spent time together in group uh, environments. Okay, as friends. As friends. Mm-hmm. That is very wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you got that wisdom at such mm-hmm. a young age because I know quite often when people start dating, obviously you want to impress the other person. So you put your best foot forward, but your best foot is not how you typically walk. That's you right. You walk left and right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's correct. I like that at the end. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. for you to see a person in their mm-hmm. natural environment, the way they would normally react, mm-hmm. would give you a much better impression because a lot of people are actually mm-hmm. influenced by that. Uh, they look at this person, get married to them, and then all of a sudden, well, where's the person I married? Mm-hmm. That's because correct. They, they only had the best foot forward at that time. That's right. Very wise. Now, dear listener, we're just going to take a break here and uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back right after the short message. Thanks for joining me today. I'm surprised at how often I hear that people are confused about the difference between temptation and sin. We don't need to be. Here's what James said about it in James 1, 14 and 15. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. It isn't a sin to be tempted. Now, you've got to be careful with this because there's a fine line you could cross. But I trust a person's ability to be led by the Holy Spirit, so I think you'll be okay. When someone cuts you off in traffic and the impulse rises to shake your fist and shout something inappropriate, that's not sin, that's temptation. When you see an attractive person and something within you suggests that you take a lingering look, that's not sin, that's temptation. When the young child sees a toy in a toy store and thinks about sneaking out with that toy without paying for it, that's not sin either. It's temptation. Just because you've been tempted, don't think that you fell. Now, here's where you need to be careful. If you don't flee that temptation and resist it in Christ's strength, you could fall prey to it. There's a reason Jesus taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation. The passage we just looked at said that yielding to temptation ultimately brings death. 
Now, I'm going to add something that's really good news. Living a life in connection to Jesus will help you come to the place that when someone cuts you off in traffic, or when you see that attractive person or the opportunity to steal comes up, it won't even ring your bell. You won't even respond to that temptation. While you're growing in grace, keep in mind there's a difference between temptation and sin. And thank God today that He's able to keep you in the hour of temptation so that you won't fall into sin and you won't fall into death. I'm John Bradshaw for It Is Written. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash itiswritten. God doesn't want you to go through this day alone. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. As you think through the things you need to do today, picture God's hand with you and guiding you. And as he lays his hand upon your head, as David says, what is it that he's speaking to you today? Write out whatever comes to mind and, and carry it with you throughout the day as a tangible reminder to encourage you. And at the end of the day, come back to this piece of paper and see how God was leading you and have a conversation with God in prayer about how the day started and what happened throughout. This will help you develop a deeper prayer life. So listen to God's words for you this morning and remember, live your faith and have a blessed day. Dear listener, welcome back. I have a special guest in the studio, General Vice President of 3ABN out of the USA, Greg Morricone. Greg, now just before the break, you were telling us about how you met Jill and how you wanted to see her in a natural environment as friends first before you thought any further about dating. Although, interestingly enough, the first day you met her, you had an impression <laughs> that this would be the lady you would marry. Yeah, one of those crazy thoughts that goes through your head and you yes. think, oh, there's no way this is ever going to come to fruition. But praise the Lord, it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, praise really God, miracle. you make yes. a fantastic couple and I've seen you many times on television, you know, 3ABN Today. Mm. And I just think what a wonderful couple to uh, to be doing the Lord's work for 3ABN. I believe that God brought her into my life mm. and what a blessing she is to me. And I think it's really neat because she actually came to university a year early and I had actually taken a year off, so I came a year later. So I am, yeah, I'm just a little older than her. And so I think about that. That's also God's perfect timing because we got to be able to spend a lot of time in the same classes together. Mm. And again, like I was mentioning just before the break, that I got to see her, she got to see me in a natural uh, school environment. And just to be friends. And that's where friendship then just led into what we called courting or dating yes. and then into marriage, uh, you know, after university. But yeah, just, just, oh, I'm just praising the Lord. Oh, praise God. Now, we know that you are general vice president of 3ABN at the moment, but there must be some story, a mm. transition that takes place. So you're studying there. Mm-hmm. Um, how long was the course meant to last? Well, I was there as a, as a four-year degree, but there's an okay. accelerated program. So you basically take four years of academics and put it into three. Wow. And then you can take your fourth year or your senior year and do an internship. So that's what uh, I did. Okay. So I'm starting to see a pattern here, acceleration at school because you were homeschooled. You were able to Mm. skip a grade or two, and now you're doing the same at university. (laughs) Well, yeah, you just, yeah, it's accelerated. So it's pretty intense, but uh, Mm. by God's grace, it was good. So, uh, yes. So the internship, I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go, but when I was growing up, my family had three ABN in their home, in our home. Even though we lived way out in the country, like I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we had a large satellite disk. You call them satellite 
Satellite dish, dish? not yeah. disc, yeah, dish. Yeah. Okay, here, uh, you call them the same thing. Then, right? Satellite dish, yes. Okay, so we had the 10 foot, would that be three meters here? That's 10 foot, yeah, that's about close to three meters. Three, three yes. meters. Mm. So I remember my dad and I digging a really big hole and putting this big steel pipe into the ground with concrete, cement, and attaching this large dish to it. And we were there really trying to tune in 3ABN from down in the valley, and we finally got 3ABN, and it was very exciting to get this because oh. we didn't get any television into our home. Mm. And so we had 3ABN uh, almost from when 3ABN first started. This would be maybe in the early to mid-'90s we got it. Okay. And 3ABN, of course, started in 1984, 85. Yes. And so 3ABN, we knew what it was, and my parents had taken me on a tour of 3ABN uh, when I was a young man. And I very much was impressed. I said, wow, this is neat. I like the technology. It was neat to see the studios, the whole environment. Mm. Of course, then I went home and went to university and everything. So looking for a place to intern, it was suggested, why don't you turn in, uh, if you want to call it an application, Mm. ring up 3ABN and see if they would take you as an intern. So I did that. I did um, some other places, some Seventh-day Adventist conferences to see if they needed some help there to intern for about nine months. Yes. The first choice was 3ABN. And I sent the email, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. Well, I had the opportunity to go to another place in the state of Georgia. Mm. So I was a little discouraged because I wanted to go to 3ABN, but nothing okay. seemed to be opening there. I yeah, so went. you obviously uh, had a great impact in you when you saw the operations there when mm-hmm. you went for that tour that, at, yeah. at that time. Yeah, that's correct. Mm. So I went to the uh, email, which email was rather new at that point in the early mid well, mid-90s. So I went to my email account. And I thought, okay, I'm going to write this email to uh, to Georgia, to the um, company in Georgia, and say I'm going to go to Georgia yes. instead of 3ABN because I haven't heard anything from 3ABN. Hmm. Well, wouldn't you know it, as soon as I open my email, guess what, Etienne? Don't tell me there was an email from 3ABN? There was. Oh, praise God. Saying we would be happy to have you come to 3ABN and intern. I was like, yes, this is exciting. This is great. So that began my journey at 3ABN. I went there. I joined the uh, staff as a volunteer because as an intern, you don't get paid. Yes. But I went there in September. I'll never forget the date, September 27, 1999. Wow. And so that's when I started out as in as an intern. Hmm. And during my internship in February of 2000, they said, uh, Greg, would you be interested in uh, just joining our staff? We'd actually like to hire you on. Well, I mean, I was absolutely overjoyed. So they hired me on in February. February of the year 2000, and that's, yeah, I've been there ever since September of 1999. Oh, praise God. So what kind of work were you involved in at that time when you when they joined them? Well, I, I, yeah, I look at, it, look at it as a miracle of God because I was getting ready to go to uh, another organization. Yes. God opened this up. I had some experience at the university I was studying at in production, but not as high a level as 3ABN mm. was at. So when I came there, I had a lot to learn. Okay. So when I started out, I started out actually uh, sweeping. I swept in the studios. They took me into production, but I was sweeping and then... Uh, so you keep making sure the place is tidy clean. and presentable for That's for correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. There was you know, sweeping some dust and some bugs, but they said, Let's, we'll put you on camera. Let's try you out on camera. So I hmm. got to learn the camera and started out on camera. And I'll, I'll never forget uh, some of my first experiences there in the studio. We were doing a music program. And I was trying to run camera and do some fancy moves, and it just wasn't going so well. Oh, okay. So the director there said, uh, 
Greg here, come on into the control room. We're going to replace you on camera. Why don't you just sit here next to me and just observe how it's going? Well, okay. that was very embarrassing, of course. <laughs> I'm trying to do the best so that I can. So you're trying to be creative, but yeah, you were being overly creative, yeah, perhaps? Yeah, wasn't going so well. So they uh, pulled me off camera and said, why don't you just sit here and observe? But those were some of my early days. I started out on camera, then went to uh, what they call video engineer or video, which is where on camera all the cameras that are there are controlled in the control room with little levers that gives you the light and dark, the iris, uh, the color to make sure that when someone's wearing a black suit, that on all the cameras, their suit looks black. So you can adjust all those colors oh, remotely. Wow. So I, I got a chance to do that and then also to do the lighting hmm. because all the studios, when you see them sitting in the chairs or on the standing on the stage, there are specific lights and how you light them. Hmm. So I got to also learn lighting. I did some editing. But that all took place over several years. Yes. Then I got married in the year 2000. So the first several years at 3ABN, I was doing those things, but I was traveling on the road with 3ABN's remote truck crew, traveling around the United States many, 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 many days out of the year. Right. Well, if you're getting married, you shouldn't be traveling by yourself. At least that's my opinion. Sure. While your new bride is at home. Yeah. So I I asked 3ABN, I said, I would like to get off the road crew and actually stay at home more so that Jill and I can form our own, you know, home together. Mm. And we want to do those things together. So was Jill uh, working at 3ABN at this time as well, or what was she doing? She actually uh, was teaching music when we first got married. She's okay. a, she, yeah, she's a musician, and so she was teaching music out of the home and then out so of the local So this is in West Christian Frankfurt, school. Illinois, mm-hmm. so she's That's teaching correct. there, and you're mm-hmm. working at 3ABN. That's okay. correct. And so 3ABN said, We'll give you the opportunity to do production out of a studio, or we actually have an opening at the 3ABN call center in our print shop. Remember I talked about looking at the World Magazine with John and Rosemary Malkovich yes, on it? Yes, yes. So they said you can work in the print shop. Well, I had a little bit of experience because, like I said, layout and design, mm, desktop publishing. Publishing, yes. Yeah, kind of the old way of doing some things. I actually took some printing classes as well. So mm. they said, I said, sure, let me, uh, let me try that. So I left actually Etienne. I left production hmm. for a number of years. I actually went into the call center and became their uh, print shop supervisor is okay. what my title was. We did all the mailings, all of the printing for 3ABN. So we're married. Jill and I were married in the year 2000. I'll never forget the day when um, the manager of the call center, which the 3ABN call center is where all the calls come in, all of the orders are taken there, hmm. everything is shipped out. All of the mailings are done from there. All of the satellite sales at the time were coming from the 3 Bing call center. And the manager on Friday morning uh, said, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm deciding I'm going to go ahead and retire. Well, that was a huge shock. Yeah. You know, because I work under him as this print shop supervisor. Mm. So he re- decided to retire just like that, just overnight. Mm. So I got a call from Molly Steenson, who was the general manager of 3ABN, vice yeah. president, and she said, uh, Greg, I know you're the print shop supervisor. Uh, do you have keys to the building? Uh, because uh, the manager has just decided to retire, and he's, he's done. Wow. So that's like a, short, a very short notice. Yes, very short notice. I said, I do have a key. She said, would you mind just to lock up the building, and we'll figure out what we're going to do. Hmm. So uh, she said, why don't you uh, just come see me? So I locked up the building once the day was done, and I went up to uh, see her. And she said, you know, you're going to – we're going to put you in just as an um, interim call center manager. Sure, okay. 
I said, oh, boy, okay, I sure, I can try and do that. Well, at Tina, about 10 years later, I was still there as the interim, if you want to call that right. <laughs> call wow. center manager. So I went from just in the print shop to the call center manager. And what a blessing that was because that gave me the opportunity to have about 20 people under me hmm. as a young man in just my early 20s, mid-20s. Uh, to have a bunch of people under me and learning management uh, styles, uh, style, uh, working with uh, people, situations with callers calling in and orders, a great learning experience. I had a wonderful assistant, Krista, who had been there for many years, and she helped me. But just it's interesting to see how God, uh, (laughs) if you're willing, which at times I'm not always willing, Etienne, unfortunately, but to uh, learn the lessons that God places Mm. and the opportunities God has before you. And so he was growing me all along the way. And you were getting a taste of all aspects of 3AB in the call center, the mm-hmm. the, the, the printing side mm-hmm. of things, production. That's correct. And you started a sweeping, so there wasn't mm-hmm. a job that you probably didn't participate in in 3ABN. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we uh, yeah washed the vehicles. Yeah, a lot of things that sometimes people think as uh, menial work. Mm. But again, going back to my mom and dad, they always told my sister and myself, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Yes. And so I'm thankful for that training. So whatever was put before me, I always wanted to do uh, my very best. So I just I thank the Lord for the training and then for, of course, 3ABN's graciousness. This is the thing, too, Etienne, is that I didn't have a lot of experience, but, uh, mm. you know, uh, Mr. Danny Shelton, a lot of patience and administrative staff because a lot of it is on-the-job training, like the camera work, yes. all the other things that I've had the opportunity to do at 3ABN. A lot of it's been on-the-job training. Yeah, likewise for me, I, I still see myself as an apprentice here at 3ABN, and I'm enjoying <laughs> I'm enjoying the journey, you know. And so we, we praise God for that. But I like the point you brought up there. You know, your parents told you whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. That is a great biblical principle. But also the principle, I mean, if you were faithful in the small things, whether it be washing a car or a mm-hmm. truck or sweeping the floor, uh, Jesus says there in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 that mm-hmm. he was faithful in that which is least. So in other mm-hmm. words, what we could consider menial is actually not menial, will also be faithful in what is much. And it says, he who is unjust in what is least will also mm-hmm. be unjust in what is much. So the principle there is if you're faithful in the small things, God will give you more things because he can rely on you for the bigger things. Quite often we think, oh, look, that's just menial. I'll just leave it out. Let me focus on the big stuff. Mm-hmm. But the big stuff may never come because right. we won't be faithful in the little things. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. That's a very good point. So you have a, a number of years of experience as the call center manager. And then uh, I know you weren't always there, although you spent 10 years there. What what was the next step for you after that? Well, they had an opportunity at 3ABN for uh, – well, they had a need, I should say, to bring in a, a production manager. Hmm. So they asked me if I'd be willing to step back into production, but, of course, in a different role. And it had been a number of years since I'd been heavily involved in production, so yes. I felt intimidated mm. because, as you know, technology changes. I mean, cell phones That's and right. computers and all that stuff. It's just a continual progression forward, it seems mm. like. So I felt so far behind. And we were in the pro- process at that point of, of transitioning from standard definition to high definition, HD. Okay. And so there's a big transition at that point. So they thought it might be a good idea uh, to bring me in during that time. And so we prayed about it. And I said yes. So I moved back into production and had a great staff around me that really helped catch me up mm. to the pro- to the progress of technology. And so that's where I've been for the past few years. And then, of course, taken on recently the general uh, vice president role as well. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you're now the manager of production. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, when do you end up in front of the cameras? When did that happen? Well, when I first came to 3ABN in the year 2000, they did an exercise program called Body and Spirit with Dick Nunes. Yes, okay, I know the program. Yes, so it's been interesting while I've been here in Australia. Some people have, you know, we do a lot of reruns. Okay, yes. (laughs) So they were commenting on that program of seeing me because I was there. I didn't say anything because I don't, um, I get a little uncomfortable when I get it in front of the camera. Yeah. So all I had to do was do exercises with Dick Nunes. So that that wasn't too bad. So that was my uh, first. That's your introduction to television. Yes, it was. Your your debut was actually on an exercise program. (laughs) Yes, that's right. But (laughs) through the years, you know, there's just been little opportunities here and there, especially since Jill and I have been married to do Mm. stuff together as a couple. And so 3ABN just is a need here and there to uh, say, hey, would you be willing to do this program or host this or do a little intro here and there? And Mm. yeah, it's just, you know, God gives the grace and the words because, again, uh, I like to be behind the scenes. That's where I feel more comfortable. Sure. But again, when God calls you, he will qualify you. you know, he oh, gives you what you need. That's so you know, true. I feel insignificant, but mm. God is the one that provides the strength. And I think it's good for all of us to remember that. Absolutely. All of our listeners, the same thing. God has given us all the gifts and talents. Some of them may be a little stronger than others, but mm. the key is, is to boy, stay focused that God is the one that has given it to us, and he expects us to use it, but he'll also help us as we grow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so all God's bidding, if he asks you to do mm-hmm. something, he'll enable enablings. you to do it. His, his biddings are his enablings. That's right. So his call mm-hmm. is also his equipping for you. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so that's encouraging, isn't it? Very encouraging because we don't have to rely on the flesh, mm-hmm. on our natural ability. God gives us natural abilities, no question. But he also gives us spiritual endowment as well if he requires us to work in a spiritual uh, matter. Mm-hmm. So praise God for that. Thank you for bringing that out as well. Right, so uh, you're spending a fair bit more time in front of the cameras nowadays than you mm-hmm. used to in those early days, I guess, with mm-hmm. Dick Nunes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, Mr. Danny has always told Jill and myself, you know, it's just something that, you know, kind of comes with the responsibilities. And so we're so we're happy to do it. You know, it's mm. it's a privilege to be able to spread God's word around the world via through radio, yes. through television, Internet. And so it's an opportunity because time you can never get back this program that we're doing right now. This is time that is now the seconds now are our history. That's right. You know, so we I think time is of uh, importance, and so when we share on radio, on television, it's very important that what we share is uh, edifying Jesus Christ, mm. and uh, that's what uh, by God's grace, Jill and I try to do. And I think all of Three ABN, our mission is to spread the gospel around the world. I like I like what Danny says. You know, Three ABN is on the go. He doesn't like to be uh, a man of stop, so to speak. Okay. He said, you know, this gospel is to go around the mm. world. So, yeah, to um, I, I like that 3ABN is always pushing the limits, so to speak, on, mm. you know, where can we go to next? And uh, it's just, it's a blessing to be a part of this. It is a blessing, yeah. And the, the blessings are on the go. I've, I've heard that said a few times. So this is actually a journey. It Ultimate is a journey. destination is mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. But the journey is the exciting part, That's and right. God doesn't want us to, to be sedentary or sit no. down, you know, because mm-hmm. he doesn't want anybody to stagnate. That's right. But the great thing is, you know, as we spoke about, you know, God gives us the ability, also gives us the strength. Amen. And we can enjoy the journey. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've got the vigor and energy that God gives us through his spirit and through good nutrition, because that's Amen. another thing that 3ABN talks about quite often, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a joy to serve the Lord, and it's our greatest delight. Amen. What I do like about the, you, what you mentioned there as well is the, the aspect of time. Time is something. Something that you cannot save up What you don't use today You can't bank for tomorrow That's right And someone put it this way once He said if someone gave you A bank account at each day There was $86,400 That was deposited <laughs> Into your bank account 
and whatever you don't draw down, you lose, and you just start the next day with the same amount. Would you use the the money a little bit differently? Oh yeah. And each day, each one of us is given eighty six thousand four hundred seconds, seconds. Mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. So that's that's quite encouraging. So so Greg, um, we, we've we've got to the place now where you're um, a little bit more in front of the cameras. Mm-hmm. In regards to your life and uh, obviously your work with with Jill, I can see how God brought you two together. Mm. It's, it's a real blessing. You've been a blessing to many people around the world. We also broadcast. On radio, you know, obviously the audio component of those television programs. So we are blessed, and, and your listener, no doubt, when you heard Greg's voice, you would have recognised it because you would have heard it on our on our radio station quite a few times. But if people are finding themselves now, you know, in their life, it might be it mm. might be a young person, or it mm-hmm. might be a person just down the track, but they don't know exactly sure where they should go next. Have you got any words of advice or any encouragement for someone like that? Well, I want to just actually read from here in uh, Psalm. 147, and I have liked these verses for a long time. Psalm 147, 3 through 5, says, He, that's Jesus Christ or God, He heals the broken in heart, and He binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars. He calls them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Mm. Etienne, what sticks out to me always and for years is in verse 4. He tells the number of the stars and he calls them all by name. So you're talking about a young person or someone that's out there. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever looked up into the night sky and looked at this, tried to look at the stars? I, I have. know I have. Yes. Yeah, especially I've been fascinated dark, about it. Oh, yeah. You yeah. look up there and you can't even count them. Mm. So here it says in uh, Psalm 147, verse 4, that God, he knows the number of stars. Well, that's amazing, isn't it? God actually knows. He knows them all. He knows the number. So he can actually, whatever that number is, there's a lot of, there's a scientific debate out there as to the exact number. Mm. There's a lot of estimates. But he knows the number. Okay, that's impressive as as it is. Then right after that, it says, he calls them all by what? By name. Hmm. Hmm. You know what that tells me? What does that tell you? He knows us all by name. As wow. human beings. Mm. So there's a young person out there. They may feel insignificant. They may be listening to this in their bedroom, maybe dark. They may be depressed. They're sitting there, and God says, you know what? I know you by name. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that just touches my heart because by him saying, I know you by name, what that tells me is that he has a personal interest in you. You're just not number 2,000, yes. star 1 million, 1 billion human being number one billion mm. he's like Etienne hey I know you wow yeah Greg I know you so we all have something a purpose in this life we're all special so if you're out there struggling saying I don't know what I'm gonna do you know Greg's got this life wow that's awesome you know what you do too you do too there's a purpose God has yes. you calls you by name. He knows your name. He knows where you're sitting right now. He knows your struggle that's going on in your life. He understands, do I go to university? Where do I go to university? Maybe you're close to retirement. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. After retirement, I'm my finances maybe. You know what? Don't worry about that. God's got it. Yeah. If he can take care of the whole universe and the stars out there, we're human beings that we can love God. God loves us. He sent his only son to die for us. That's incredible love. Mm. So to me, Etienne, that just thrills my heart. As far as if you feel depressed, if you feel sad, you feel down, and you don't have any purpose in life, there is. 
There's hope. Yes. There's purpose. God has a plan for you. And to me, this just shows God's tremendous love for me because we as human beings can reciprocate love. As a star up there, it's glorifying God as it's being out there, you know, yes. as, as it is. But we at 10, we can actually talk. We can converse with God. So he loves us so much. He sent Jesus to die for us, for me, for you at home, wherever you're at, maybe listening in the car. Yeah, that's that's just encouraging to me. This text, this passage. <laughs> yeah, that God knows us by oh, name. Oh, wow. And, you know, it says that we are more worth than even, you know, the animals. That's right, even, the sparrow even the, that the falls. sparrows. Mm-hmm. And God knows us better than the sparrows, but he knows all the sparrows. There's not a sparrow that, that falls that God is not aware of. Then it goes even more intimately that says that God even knows the number of our hair. Now, yeah. you know, when you brush your hair, you normally lose one or two oh, or three. Oh, yeah, I do. God exactly knows what is lost and what is retained and what yeah. is coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that is just incredible, isn't it? That intimate knowledge. And this is only about our physical being. What about our spiritual being? How we feel, our needs, our desires, our hopes, our wishes, our disappointments. Yes. God is intimately acquainted with that, but he also knows what we need. And ultimately, really, that yearning that we find in our lives, quite often we miss um, we miscalculate what that actually means, but it is actually a desire for God. The Amen. Bible refers to Christ as the desire of nations. That's right. And that desire that he has for something better, you know, maybe even a restlessness we find within ourselves, is that yearning desire, that vacuum that each of us feels mm-hmm. that we need to fill with something. Mm-hmm. But nothing really works. We'll try a lot of things, and I have in my life, I've tried a number of things to be happy and to fulfill, to be content, and it always just eluded me. I'm grasping it, I think I've got it, and it just slips through my fingers. Ultimately, I found that contentment and that fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, so thank you for bringing that out. It's such, a, such an important point. I've heard it said that uh, we all have a God-shaped hole in our heart. I you know like that. Yeah, where yes. only God can fill that void or that emptiness because some, well, many times you know, people are searching for something. Hmm. They try and find it in entertainment or different aspects of life, but only God can fill that God-shaped hole. Yeah, wow. So in your life, it sounds like you were brought up with a, a very good family, good spiritual influences from a very young age. You know, you, mm. were, you were blessed. Not everybody has that, that That's privilege. Right. Yes. Um, was there a time as you looked through your life that you recognized that God-shaped hole in your own life? Or was it always being filled because of the influences, mm. the good influences? I think because of the influences, yes. I, I think it was just a progression, that journey, uh, just from a child realizing that, yes, it's my mom and dad sharing these truths with me but then you also in your own life have to know that it's real yourself yes because my parents religion won't save me that's right i have to have my own personal relationship with jesus christ mm-hmm. and so they were very strong on that even growing up to uh, have my form my own relationship with christ by how reading the bible putting scripture to memory mm. But then again, like my parents in service, very much then going out and sharing it with others because you can become like the Dead Sea. And I've been to Israel where you just, you know, all the water just pours into it, but there's no outlet. Outlet, yes. So that's very important. They say, Greg, okay, so you maybe take Scripture to heart and all of that, but then you have to also be able to share it. That's right. And the Dead Sea, of course, it's aptly named because there's nothing that lives in it. It's, it's just that's like right. a salty. It receives, but it never gives. So we are designed to receive and, of course, to give as well. Mm. And uh, that's really how we are built and we design. You know, the body functions best when nutrient or nutrition or energy or food comes into the system 
And then the body is used through exercise, through doing stuff, and that's how muscles are developed. But if someone just sits there, nothing, no muscles are developed, and we become obese. So we can actually be, in a spiritual sense, become obese if we just receive mm. but never give. Boy, that's a great analogy. Yeah, thank you. So thank you for bringing that out. Now, dear listener, my special guest in the studio is Greg Morricone. He is the General Vice President of 3ABN in the USA. We're just going to take a short break here to share our contact details with you, and we'll be right back with some closing remarks after this. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. We hope you got those contact details down. And as we said, we'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to get in touch. And you're welcome to ask any questions. And also, if you want to ring in just to have a prayer with someone, we're very happy to do that. My special guest in the studio is Greg Morricone. He's General Vice President of 3ABN in the USA. And it's been my pleasure to have you in the studio just to share your life mm. journey. And I found it very interesting and fascinating how important those early um, experiences and also those family influences are in the life of people. Not many people actually have those privileges, but those that do, I can tell that they're different people. So thank mm-hmm. you for bringing that out. Dear listener, just as we wrap up, I, I just want to give Greg the opportunity to provide some encouragement. Perhaps you can just mm-hmm. tell us what you're excited about, what the future holds, do you think? Well, I do know, Etienne, that uh, we know, as Danny always says, the end of the book, which is Revelation, Jesus is coming very soon. Yes. And so I believe our mission is is to stay focused on what God has placed before us, whatever God has placed in front of you, which for you, Etienne, is 3ABN Australia Radio, especially Mm. for Jill and myself and the rest of the administrative team. It's 3ABN United States Mm. there, and that's what God's placed before us. For you at home, God has placed something there in your hands, whatever that is. It may be writing cards to someone that's sick. It could be visiting someone. I don't really know what all is before you, but you do. And Mm. the thing is, is to stay faithful to that. I'm excited about 3ABN and what God has in store. I don't know what's in store. Yes. But God has brought 3ABN 30-plus years, provided for all of our needs, just like he has 3ABN Australia. And I know he will continue to do it for the future. Amen. That, that is so true. You know, we, we can, with excitement, look to the future quite mm-hmm. simply because we can review the past and see how God has led in our past. Amen. And not only that, also the, what he's taught us in our past. And dear listener, wherever you find yourself now, you know, God has got a, a plan for your life Amen. as well. He wants to have that personal relationship with you, but ultimately he wants to bless you to be a blessing to others. Mm. And I mean, for someone who at times have suffered from depression, and I know there's many people who do suffer from depression, The thing that actually gets you motivated is just knowing the fact that you are special to God and he has a special purpose for you. Your life is not meaningless. You may feel like that at the time, but if you just focus on God a little bit more, his spirit will actually help direct your path. But you have to commit your works to God. So, dear listener, thank you for joining us today. Greg, thank you for joining us today and sharing your testimony. It's been a real blessing. Mm. Thank you, Etienne, too, for the invitation. Yeah, my pleasure. And, listener, we pray that God will continue to guide and lead and direct your paths. Until we meet again, God be with you. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.